Well, hello, and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and as usual, I count it an honor and a blessing to be here with all of you on this episode number 205 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, many of us struggle with our thought life and how to manage that appropriately. So let's talk about that. Please take this time to go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend Encourages You is coming to you with overcoming overthinking. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendencouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, everybody. So the last time we were together, we talked about runaway imaginations or vain imaginations. And that's where we allow thoughts to ruminate in our minds to the place that they bring us to extreme worry, extreme anxiety, and sometimes even rage where our expectations don't necessarily match up with the reality of a situation. So as I was pondering our post from last week, the Lord started talking with me about the thoughts that we have in our heads about others and the thoughts we think they're having about us. Let me give you a few examples. So let's say that you have to run to the market and you just throw on some old clothes to uh, get out of the house, do what you need to do and come back. A fellow shopper happens to casually glance in your direction. Now you think to yourself, you know what? That person is so well dressed. I really should have put on some better clothes. They must think that I'm a bum or that I'm here to steal something. And the rest of your shopping trip, you are thinking about how you look and analyzing the faces of everyone that you see, thinking that they're thinking something negative about you. Or after greeting someone that you haven't seen in a while, you're thinking to yourself, you know, she must be wondering why I've gained so much weight. And that thought echoes in your mind over and over, so much so that you're not hearing what your friend is saying. 
you start to blurt out the reason that you are have gained weight and it really had no con- context in the conversation whatsoever. You just randomly blurted it out. Or you might overanalyze conversations, facial expressions, and even electronic communication. So an example in this area would be, you know, I wonder why boss raised his eyebrow when I mentioned that I liked Costco. You know, I bet he thought that I was going to apply over there because they have a job there coming up. You know, I actually like my job here and I don't want to get fired. But now that I've said that, I probably should go and look for a job because I'm probably going to lose my job anyway because of what I'm thinking that he's thinking. Or one last example, you happen to mention to a person that the color green and it's a color that the person hardly wears. They're just kind of experimenting with it really looks good on them. Then as you get home, you start to think that that individual might be thinking that what you were saying is that they did not look good in any color or any other color except for green. And that is the only color that they should wear. Now, BCU family, I can go on and on with these examples. I'm curious, does any of this ring true? You know, overthinking can happen to any of us in times of stress anger, or heavy decision-making. So it does happen. Um, But for many overthinkers, this is an everyday process that can rob you of your time, drain your emotions, your peace, and your security with God. It also ruins relationships. Now, God has given us the ability to think and reason for ourselves, and we praise him for it, but guessing what other people are thinking, attempting to correct what we're guessing, and then living in the fear of what people think is really rooted in fear. And of course, fear does not ever come from God. So in order to combat this overthinking that we have, we need to take a look at what the Word of God has to say. So BCU family, the first verse that comes to mind is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7. And it reads, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when I think about that, it it just reminds me that we have power in the name of Jesus and his perfect love that happens to cast out all fear. So that's found in 1 John chapter 4, number 18. Now, when we talk about a sound mind, that's translated uh, in the Greek to mean self-control, discipline, or moderation. So if we put all that together, if we allow the power and love of Jesus to rule our minds, our thoughts will be under control and disciplined to what the Lord and his word tells us versus what the circumstances around us or situations tell us. So we're not going to overthink like we do 
if we allow this scripture to be in our hearts and mind, to govern our hearts and minds. Okay, now we've got two verses coming up. We're going to start with Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 25. And that reads, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoso puts their trust in the Lord shall be safe. And then a companion verse to that comes from the book of Galatians, chapter 1, verse number 10. And that says, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. Now, if we really think about this BCU family as we meditate on these scriptures, overthinking, fear, and people-pleasing are this nasty, vicious cycle. Now, going back to Proverbs 29, 25, Solomon says that the fear of man is a snare. Now, a snare is a trap. And the only one that I know that sets traps is the enemy. And he does that to rob you of your spiritual, financial, mental, emotional, and even sometimes your physical liberty and health. If we continue to fear what people are going to say or to think about us, we will always be kept in bondage to them. And they're ever-changing and often out of God's will agenda. And quite truthfully, there are times when people aren't even thinking about us. We're thinking that they're thinking about us when they are not. So we really need to practice and yield being true servants of God by seeking only to please him. So if what we are doing, if where we are at the moment is pleasing God, we don't have to overthink or analyze if it is pleasing someone else. All right, our next scripture comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 26, verse number three. And it reads, I will keep him in perfect peace. Love the scripture. Whose mind is stayed on me because he trusts in me. And then there's another scripture that goes right along with this before we do our commentary. And you all probably know that this one is coming because this has been one that the Lord has given me and I've been hanging on to it for the past probably year or so. And yes, it is found in the book of Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. And it reads, be careful or anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now let's talk about that because Isaiah and Paul talk about peace. What I love about God is, is that he gives us peace as a benefit and that benefit is provided to those of us 
who keep our minds on and trust God. If we are doing that, we will not overthink anything at all because trusting God means he's going to direct us and he'll let us know exactly what should be on our minds. Now, peace also comes as a result of us exchanging our cares, anxiety, and worry, and that's a product of overthinking, by praying, and we want to do that in a spirit of humility and with fervency, and we also want to be sure that we thank God for what we're asking for. And when we do that, we are granted peace. And peace is defined as tranquility, rest, and quietness in the mind. Now think about that, BCU family. Doesn't that sound good? Rather than these these caustic and toxic thoughts running around in our heads, we get peace, quietness of mind. And when we have that, when we allow that peace to overtake us, it will help us to hear what God's thoughts are and let us know what we are supposed to think on or say, if anything. Okay. And then one of our final scriptures comes from the book of Psalms chapter, I'm sorry, Psalms 19 verse number 14. Again, Psalms 19 verse 14. And that reads, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And I found it interesting, BCU family, that David included words and thoughts that need to be acceptable in the sight of God. Now, meditation of my heart, when we break down the word meditation, that means to turn or revolve subjects in our minds, continued thoughts or contemplations. So when we feel the desire to contemplate certain things over and over, we need to head back to Philippians chapter four, verse number eight, and use that as our thought sifter to ensure that our thoughts, whatever it is that we're thinking about continuously, line up with the word of God. So Paul lays out what we should be thinking about, the things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of a good report. If there's any virtue and if there's any praise, those are the things that we should be thinking of. And that is in direct opposition of what the person is thinking about me. And um, I wonder why they said that. Or could they be thinking that I um, meant something different from what I said? And, And going through that over and over and over again to the point where we are up all night, where we're pacing, where we feel like we may have alienated someone, we create these situations in our mind. So the overthinking starts and then the overspeaking as well as the overanalyzation of things. And and it gets to be so much that we are exhausted and we really don't have to be. If we would allow our minds to ruminate on what the word of God says and to ask him for direction, we will never have to overthink anything ever again.
It's as simple as that, BCU family. It is as simple as that. So, you know, our minds are so powerful. You know, praise be to God who made us in his own image. And the Lord knows that some of us have a tendency to overthink and he has made a provision for our deliverance. We just need to ask him for help. We don't have to live with overthinking. We can ask him. And once the Lord heals our minds and delivers us from this, what we can do is maintain our healing by continued prayer, of course, um, giving things over to the Lord. And we definitely want to be sure that we store the words up of the word of God in our hearts and that we meditate on that word rather than the thoughts of what other people might be thinking or people-pleasing thoughts. In addition to that, uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 18 through 20, I believe, remind us that we are to be filled with the Spirit of God, as well as speaking to ourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord, along with giving God thanks for all things. Now, I have to say to you, BCU family, that's quite a bit, right? So we've got what we're supposed to be thinking on in Philippians. We're also to make melody in our hearts and give thanks to God. If we are doing all of those things, we're really not going to have a whole lot of extra time to overthink anything. And if a thought pops up in our head where there's a concern All we need to do is to, again, go back to Philippians 4 and 8. We go back to what Ephesians 5, 18 through 20 tells us, and that thought will be gone in the name of Jesus. We just need to pray. We need to talk to the Lord about it, give it to him, and then go back to what we should be thinking about. And in doing so, and in being intentional and thoughtful to do it, again, we will never have to live in a land of overthinking again. Oh, sure, the enemy may try it, but we don't have to take it. We don't have to participate in it, and we don't have to practice it. We can have the victory. Amen? Amen. So listen, BCU family, as an introvert, and yes, I am, I am quite the introvert, I can definitely relate to this topic of overthinking. It is something I really have to be intentional about to make sure that I am keeping my thoughts in line with the word of God. So I am curious to know how you deal with overthinking. Um, Do you go straight to the word of God? Do you go to prayer? Do you allow yourself to get to a place where it works you up uh, in your mind and uh, drains you? What are you doing about that? So let's talk more in the comments section over on the blendcouragesyou.com site. So if you're not already here, please head on over and let's chat more. All right, BCU family, it is about time for me to wrap up our time here today. It has been my extreme honor to be your encourager today. And I am looking forward to the next time that we are together. So until then, may our amazing God continue to bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you and give you peace as you stay on the wall.